It's the Empowerment Perspective Podcast, hosted by Demiso Josie and Mr. Kareem Spence. Stay empowered. Stay empowered. All right, welcome to yet another episode of the Empowerment Perspective Podcast. I go by the name of Dr. Demiso A. Josie alongside. Spence is here. How you doing? Good, sir. Doing good, man. Doing good. Another day sitting in the house, man. This is for the birds, let's say that, man. I'm used to being able to get up and go. Like, I, I can't even go get nothing to eat nowadays, man. Don't be touching people. They got to practice their social distancing. Even yeah. like when I go to even I go to Dunkin' Donuts, man, I gotta like park my car, walk up, and have like a little distance between me myself and, and the window. <laughs> you do realize when you walk closer, like you're already shrinking that distance, right? You do understand it. I don't wanna get too close, man. They might try to breathe on me or something. Man. I need to get one of the masks. I was looking online today. Nike's making masks now. I gotta get one of those. I'm one of those to match my Jordans. <laughs> the Nike got a mask coming now. Maybe we should uh, start producing masks soon. Yeah, power perspective mask. Absolutely. Nah, but the last episode we talked to Beth Deacon out there in Iowa. Um, she works in a maximum security prison, prison, mm-hmm. and um, also has a book Seven Doors. And what do you think about that podcast? I, I actually like the podcast, and, and I'm, I'm mad because I didn't think of uh, the question I asked her. Um, I really wanted to ask her rather not if she ever had to like pop one of her students because you know when I was in second grade, I got caught touching. Right, so what they did was they pulled out a whole bunch of rulers and they popped my hands, and I learned not to touch. What do you What do you do when you when you locked up and you got everybody got murder raps? Do you, uh-huh. do you pop those kids too? No, that's what you got the CO there for. I guess you just call them over and uh, you know take care of it. I guess that's I crazy. Know. Yeah, but you uh, get kicked out of that class. I would love to know rather not because I tried to get her to say right now she kicked her kids out of class. I used to get kicked out of class all the time. Like Spence, you know what to do? Just leave. <laughs> I want to know what you're going to do when they stand up like, well, make me leave. Now what happened? <laughs> now, now you got a confrontation with the teacher. I, oh, absolutely. That's crazy. But uh, she did talk about some good things on there. We talked about your why mm-hmm. and having a reason why you're doing what you're doing and um, in terms of education, in terms of students, as well as teachers. She did have some mm-hmm. good advice um, for our teachers out there, um, even given the circumstances. And once things get back to normal, building that relationship with your students mm-hmm. is, uh, is extremely important. Mm-hmm. that we talked about. Uh, we also talked about this very briefly, like taking this time and this opportunity to uh, redefine yourself and to do a self-assessment mm-hmm. and start focusing on you um, mm-hmm. instead of just watching Netflix and YouTube all day. It's an opportunity to start your plan so once things you know, get back to normal, we can hit the ground and run it. Um, mm-hmm. All those things. So um, shout out to Beth. Uh, we'll probably be linking up with her um, mm-hmm. as well. Her book, uh, Seven Doors in coming out hopefully and she said in August, probably September, October now, you know, given what's going on in the country. But um she's definitely doing some work out there. So shout out to her. Mm-hmm. Um, this particular podcast today is kind of a spur of the moment thing. Of course we don't do anything according to script here at the Power Perspective Group. Um I had the the blessing of trying to figure out how to complete my doctorate and, and dissertation process. Um, and if you haven't been through that process, it's a very interesting one. I'm not going to say that the work was really difficult in terms of the classes, but it was a lot. Um, and what that happens is they put you in these co- uh, cohorts and you start um, you know, meeting different people. And I did mine all, on, all online, so I never met these people before. And uh, this group of people actually kind of becomes family at some point because um, you're kind of going through the same struggles um, in regards to your research. Um, your, your topics are similar, um, but there's a lot of... Um, you know, self-doubt, at least on my end, of, can I actually make it through this? Um, but that group was really instrumental in, in, in you know, pushing me through and, and supporting. Uh, I think we support each other um, a whole lot. And um, 
that it was, it's a, it was a great experience for me to have that happen. And when you create those type of relationships, they kind of carry over beyond the classroom. Mm -hmm. and some of you of us will graduate certain different times. And even though I was finished, it was still, you know, I'm still supporting the people that was in the group. Um, so this one brother decided to come on today. Um, I, I'm glad that he, to say that it's official, that we can call him Dr. Johnny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How you doing, sir? I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, can't complain, can't complain. So let me ask you this question off the bat. How does it feel to know that you are done? Oh, man, it feels great. Um, on some level, it still feels surreal, right? Like, I just can't believe that that journey is complete because I spent so much time trying to decide if I was going to do it. Hmm. And once I jumped in and decided to do it, like you talked about self-doubt, I started to go through that, too. Um, as I started the journey and sort of started to progress through it. Okay, we're getting further and further along. I'm having a little bit of confidence, but always at the end, mm -hmm. I was always concerned about that dissertation. It was never the coursework. I wasn't, I never sweated that. Right. Um, I was always confident in my ability. It was the dissertation process because I heard all these stories mm -hmm. uh, and horror stories about the process. And that's really what concerned me. And as um, as we arrived at that point. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's it's really become real. Gotcha. So let's talk about your decision to even take that journey in the first place. Like what made you decide, all right, this is something that I want to do? Um, it was really for two reasons. One, professional. Um, I wanted to um, really advance my career and be able to compete for senior level jobs. I work in higher education. Um, and so I wanted to be able to compete for those senior level jobs um, and, and really have that, have that credential in my my back pocket, if you will. But the main thing was really for legacy and for my family. Um, I was, I'm the first person in my family on either side to have a doctor. Um, and as I think about my kids and grandkids and, and sort of their opportunities as they follow me, having that that example to strive for um, and something for them to to really uh, try to go after um, when when they reach that point. So I wanted to be able to set that benchmark and, and, and be that trailblazer and um, let them be able to look and say, hey, my dad or my grandfather did it. Why can't I? So. Right. Now, Kareem, we talk about, as you know, all the time about having a why. And it's, this this keeps coming up every single podcast and how it changes um, your behavior and why you do certain things um, and push through. Um, do you get that same feeling that, you know, every podcast that we talk <laughs> to people that, mm -hmm. that why is a big thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so for me, uh, Dr. Johnson, what I, what I like to know is that was it like the the first course or was it the, the second class that you took where that doubt started to creep in? Or was it that the long summers that you had to go through that you said, you know what, I, I need to be out? Now, the first core, the first, even the first few courses um, were fine. Maybe, maybe to start with, I, I had that that initial feeling of, okay, I, we're about to start. What have I done here? Uh, and, you know, am I really going to do this? Um, and as I started to make progression through the coursework, yeah, um, like I said, my confidence built, and I was fine. Um, but as we got to the tail end and we started talking about the dissertation, that's when the anxiety popped in and that's when the mm -hmm. doubt 
started to really creep in. And then once we really started, once we really landed in the dissertation phase and we had that orientation about the dissertation and this is the expectation and they were really kind of getting us ready. Yeah, um, I found myself firmly in Doubt's Corner. Like, I don't know, I don't know if I can do this. So, uh, um, and and uh, Demiso can probably tell you um, I had some struggles with my faculty advisor um, mm-hmm. that I had to work through because um, mm-hmm. I was having a tough time. A tough <laughs> time. So. Yeah, I definitely remember that. I, one of the keys, at least for me, and I can, I guess, share with everyone else is that you, uh, you kind of work with a team of people and you have to have like your, um, I forget what they call it, affiliate member, um, who's a person that is supposed to help you and, and you know, guide you through the process as well. Um, and I can't stress enough that my affiliate person was awesome. Like I didn't have to edit anything and she guided me in the right direction. Um, so it's important to have the right people on your team because uh, the, the faculty, they're going to come at you all kinds of angles and they're going to question your, your research and why did you do certain things in certain ways. And it's easy in your brain that it, it kind of makes sense, but you're not necessarily writing for yourself at that point. You're writing mm-hmm. for, for someone else. And I think, um, those two things are important. Um, one, having a support system around you, and then two, being able to step outside of yourself and really, you're really writing like it's a final paper, like in an exam, and you know you got to really tell them what <laughs> they want to hear in order to to pass it. Um, one of the faculty members definitely said to me, "What stuck in my mind was, this isn't your life's work. Like your job right now is just to pass it, and then you can go on and do mm-hmm. your life's work." Once I realized that, I was like, "Oh, well, just tell me what to write. Then I'm just gonna write what you want me to write at the end of the day." Mm-hmm. Um, so, when did your your what was your topic? Talk about your topic because we had similar topics, but talk about your topic and why you chose to, to focus your dissertation on that. Um, so, my topic really dealt with examining why um, African American. Um, students, college-age students, and really a little bit beyond uh, your traditional college-age students um, made their ultimate decision to attend the college that they decided to ultimately attend. So I really wanted to see just essentially, why did you choose that college? What was it about that college that made you go there? Um, It didn't matter what college that they went to, but I specifically specifically looked at um, African-American students um, because like you said, um, that was sort of one of the things that I kept getting hung up on. I wanted to look at everybody. <laughs> I, I wanted to look at every student. Like, let's, let me get a collective picture. I want to look at, you know, white students, Asian students, everybody. But um, finally, when I had that breakthrough moment, when I had that long conversation with my faculty chair, she basically said the same thing. She said, look, don't try to make this your life's work. Mm-hmm. Your goal is to get out of here and try to um, make it condense, a condensed version of what you maybe want to do with your life, but leave all that for after you get out. And I was like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. all right, that makes sense to me. So, um, so I honed it all the way in on just for, starting with the African-American students. And so I just wanted to see um, why are you choosing that college? What made you want to go to wherever it is you ultimately decided to go? And essentially, um, it came down to fit. It was really everybody had a perception of or an idea of what um, made made it home for them, what made it uh, a, a fit fit um, in terms of what they were looking for, whether it was financial, um, mm-hmm. 
the school offered me the most money and money was my motivating factor, whether it was the culture. Um, you know, some students said, hey, the school felt like home to me because everybody was so nice and um, I really felt comfortable and safe. Um, some people just flat out said it was close by and location was important to me as well as some other things, but they all had one central idea that really made it um, a fit for them. And uh, there was really no rhyme or reason. It just comes down to individual taste, individual personalities. Some of it had to do with kind of how they were raised and their backgrounds, but uh, you know, it really boiled down to individual um, taste, individual characteristics. If I can chime in for a second, Dr. Johnson. Um, sure. As you, you talk about decisions and decision that's being made, you know, to to attend somewhere for over four years, uh, me myself, uh, I think now looking back, I think the CIAA would play a major impact rather than not if I would have went down to uh, one of the HBCUs. Um, Howard Homecoming uh, would have played a fact had I been exposed to it. Um, and definitely right. if I had an opportunity to um, see the University of Hawaii, I definitely would have um, made that selection. Okay. okay, listen, man, that has nothing to do with academics. You listen, <laughs> I'm not going to school for academics. How I many kids you know now go to school for academics? Anybody go to school for academics? Right. For extracurricular activities. Right. Like going to Club McDonald's, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> for those of you who don't know Club Mickey D's, if you, uh, I went to Temple University on North Broadway. Mm -hmm. There's a McDonald's that stayed open, probably 24/7 before there was such a thing called 24/7 McDonald's. Mm -hmm. and that was like the after-hour spot. We called it Club mm -hmm. McDonald's after you come out the party. Everybody would go to McDonald's, get you eat on and. You know, cars be out there and partying and shenanigans would take place. So, even even if we went down to the Freaknik, to the Freaknik would have had me be a Morehouse man. I tell you that now. These are all the things that we don't have anymore that yeah. impact educational right. decisions. <laughs> the thing that I'm listening to, though, with, in terms of your research, I'm wondering, like, mm -hmm. you talk about fit in terms of you know mm -hmm. the, the student feel comfortable in that environment, but how come a lot of adults don't take the same approach when it comes to their careers and where they work? Um, that's one of the big things that I, like when I go on interviews, it's more of an interview for me than it is for them. Like I, I, in my mind, I say, do I really fit at this company? Like, do I, can I see myself working with these people? I know my skill set, but I think a lot of people try to take the opposite approach when it comes to um, finding employment or, or, or working. Uh, Kareem, when you, because you know, I hired you um, at, in a, the school district that you're currently in. What was your approach when you um, first went into that? Well, I'll say this because I, I feel I'm very sensitive about this topic, Dr. Johnson. Because when <laughs> I originally started in the building that we were all in together, um, <laughs> no thing I didn't see you call yesterday either. I seen you call yesterday and I gave you a pass. Then you called me. So, so Dr. Johnson, when we started, right, it, it was myself. Um, it, it was me, so, and we had two other African-American males that was in the building, so it was four of us. So okay. with that, you know, that there was a connection and there was a really good fit. All of us had um, similar things and in, in interests, so we can actually talk about things outside of school and actually have really good conversation. But slowly mm -hmm. but surely, as the years have gone on, this is like going on my fourth district, Needless to say, I'm the only one left, Dr. Johnson. We need to do a uh, dissertation on my experience and <laughs> I have to be the only one left in the building. 
It's like everybody <laughs> got tickets and they just left to tell me, hey, listen, we leaving. Don't don't forget you're supposed to leave too. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. You you definitely want to get an HR person in there to uh no, she left too. <laughs> the, the, they had HR um, too. You know, uh, the HR um, person, academic person, who's doing their dissertation in, in a related field, so that they can find out kind of what was going on there, and uh, you know why you all first gathered, and kind of what led to him. No, if no, I'm pointing the finger. It was him. He was <laughs> with everybody, and then he left. Okay. <laughs> okay, well then, there you go. Uh, <laughs> and and it's like that, right? Like sometimes you get in an organization and I think kind of going back to what Miso said earlier, as far as um, uh, why don't people necessarily do a better job of examining the fit mm -hmm. when they're looking at jobs is, I, well, I think first of all, people are doing are much more educated about that now and are doing a better job mm -hmm. of trying to, trying to determine if they fit in an organization than before. But at the same time, you know, they're looking at other factors. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I got bills to pay. Mm -hmm. If this job is paying me more, I might have to kind of suck it up a little bit um, because because they're looking at the, um, you know, they're looking at the bottom line. And I get it. But somebody told me a long time ago um, from a professional standpoint was giving me you know, professional advice and mentoring me in a little bit in a, in a, in a, in a kind of a way and was saying, and they kind of told me that um, don't ever chase the money hmm. because you can get into a lot of trouble like that. And uh, it proved to be pretty, pretty on point. Um, mm -hmm. So I've never really chased the money. If you kind of just do what you love and making sure that you fit in the environment and that it's something that works for you, that money, if, if that's your goal, if that's something you're really kind of chasing, Mm -hmm. Don't really go after it. Let let don't let that be your motivating factor because that'll come. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, I, I think that people are doing that, are doing a better job of that now. Um, but you still you still have some of that because I mean, let's be honest, money is attractive. Mm -hmm. So um, you know, people look at that. So mm -hmm. if I can tell me for a second, so so again, I know we we always talk about motivating factors and. You know, making sure that your your why is actually that the defining um, aspect of your decision making. So when we're talking about money, money can corrupt morals, and it's been proven throughout history that money will corrupt your mortality. So if people are chasing money versus chasing their why, ultimately what happens is that they're going to wind up on the wrong track. Mm. What you should be doing is staying focused on what your why. So. And even me, when you talk about what's the most important things in your life and you go down your list of what you put first, like all of that has to be in consideration and money should always be last. Now, I need to pay Comcast just like everybody else. So I'm not saying you don't get money, but at the same time, you have to make sure that you're staying on track and chasing after your why. I don't think that any yep. of us was originally designed to be working for anyone. I think all of us have an entrepreneurial spirit. And at the same time, you can still be doing A, but it's continuously making sure that B is being taken care of. So mm -hmm. for, for us in, in the empowerment perspective, we're pushing people towards being able to step out, pushing people to get their own platform, to have their own voice, to have their own. That's the legacy that you live behind to your family. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I think this is a prime time to really do that self-evaluation mm -hmm. piece in terms of here, you know, here's my core values and here's what's important to me. Here's my why. 
and mm-hmm. then building your plan around that that concept. Um, uh, Dr. Johnson, I'm glad you you said that because a couple podcasts ago, I was like, you know, we chase service, and the money's going to mm-hmm. come at some point. You know what I'm saying? We love to do what we do, um, and it's part of our value system. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, we have to feed our families, and we make sure we do that. But um, at the end of the day, um, I believe that we all have a gift, and then once mm-hmm. you find that gift, you put it in different vehicles. Um, so for us. You know, the the counseling, the teaching, the, the motivational speaking, all of it really is the same lane. This is a different vehicle that we choose to put our gift in. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I can't encourage anyone right now, it's to be to sit down and find out what your why is, find out what your gift is. And people always ask me, how do you do that? Well, find those things that you are comfortable with that comes easy to you without you even having to think about, it. whether it's mm-hmm. drawing, whether yeah. it's speaking, whether it's singing, whatever it is that is to you. And then figure mm-hmm. out how you yeah. can leverage that into um you know different vehicles and, and things of that nature and then you know with us with the empowerment perspective we just try to give that lane for you to be able to express whatever it is that you want to express uh, through the channels that we have so that's mm-hmm. kind of the thing that we do yep, yep. Uh, absolutely so now that it's done um we're, you're in this interesting situation right now because right. Uh, what's going on obviously in the world um the university that we attended only has graduation one time a year um how are you dealing with the fact that it's i know you went because not to get too personal but you went from you know how can i invite all these family members to to my graduation to now possibly not even having one i don't even know how they're going to handle that it's kind of helped me out in a sense right (laughs) i was really concerned to i mean truth be told I'm over graduation. Like I didn't want to go to graduation just because I've walked many mm-hmm. times and I'm kind of burnt out. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just a long process and I just didn't really care for it. I got my diploma uh, about two months ago. I'm good. You good. So, but my family it was important for my family. They wanted to celebrate. So I said, mm-hmm. fine, but I have a huge family. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, five siblings i got a hundred cousins you know a bunch of aunts and uncles and like i said i'm the first on either side to mm-hmm. to get this um achievement everybody mm-hmm. wants to come and you know space is limited so um you know had to consider that now this inter coronavirus and now graduation is threatened and right. um you know, probably won't have it, which is fine. Everybody understands the situation, but I still haven't received official word. If they're going to go on and have it, I think it'll still work itself out because most of my family is still erring on the side of caution. Um, To to be honest with you, if they said that they're going to hold it, I'm not sure that I would go. Right. Just because I didn't want to go in the first place. (laughs) But... uh, so, so, so this is kind of my own little personal bailout. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, now, now, speaking of bailout, now both of you guys have had, you know, opportunity to to graduate and have doctorate degrees. Now, I know that we're coming upon this season, which is graduation season, like, and most high schoolers they get like envelopes when they graduate. We give them a couple of dollars, and when people graduate college, we give them a couple of dollars. What do you guys yeah. get when you get your doctorate degree? You guys get envelopes still or no? I'm, I'm gonna show you right now. Okay. That's it. That's it. You might get a dinner. You probably get a dinner or something. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, no envelopes have come my way, and I don't anticipate that they will. So, uh, 
you know, it that's that's fine. I mean, it's fine. I the achievement is fine, and it's really enough. And if we get together and have dinner, that'll be more than I could ever really um, ask for. Um, and uh, and I'm totally fine with that. Um, but nah, no no envelopes. And so you talked about the high school graduation and the uh, college graduation. For that audience, I'm disappointed for with this whole Corona thing. Like mm-hmm. that, those those graduation ceremonies, I think, are important. Oh, absolutely. Um, and absolutely. you know, I was all hyped about those events in my life, but mm-hmm. at this, like I said, I'm over it. But for that for that audience. That's that's awful, um, and it's unfortunate. I, I hope that they'll have the opportunity to make them up or postpone them or something. But um, you can't get those those memories back, and and for them to uh, at this point kind of go through what looks like they're going to be totally uh, it, uh, vacated. Mm-hmm. I, I feel bad for for that uh, audience and their family. Sir, I definitely appreciate uh, the work that you have done um, and the accomplishments that you have made. Mm-hmm. Um, I I keep saying it, and I can't say it enough. The support that our group has had for each other, I think, to me, that's what got me over the hump, at least, um, and in those moments of doubts of completing that dissertation process. So I definitely appreciate you as, Val- as well as Valerie and everybody else that was a part of our, our cohort. So um, any last... Any last words of advice for anybody that's going through this process, Mr. Dr. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I echo those sentiments uh, fully. Our group has been amazing. Um, I'm pretty confident that without the support that we really all provided to each other, man, I don't even want to think about where I might not have finished or I might still be writing. Who knows? Um, I, it's it's it definitely was very helpful um, to kind of push each other and and challenge each other and um, really just kind of give those words of encouragement uh, that was not necessarily needed to be heard but needed to be said. Um, you know, when I was really having the struggles with my chair, you know, you guys basically said, "Look, you just might need to go ahead and have a conversation with her." Cause y'all, y'all need to hash it out. It sounds like, and I was like, you know what? <laughs> I, I, they're probably right. And so that was a, that was a really a critical turning point for me. Like when, when you guys said that and I went ahead and just uh, followed that advice, it was a great conversation. We talked for like three hours, uh, me and the ch- my chairperson and um, everything turned from that. So, um, you know, just little things like that were very helpful and, um, I would say for anybody out there um, that's kind of going through that same process of finding difficulty, um, make sure you have a good group. I know you don't always get to choose that group, um, but if you do, make sure you have a good one that you have um, selected. And also make sure you have a great affiliate um, member on your dissertation board um, if you you know have that option. I know some programs don't let you choose an affiliate member or choose anyone. But if you have the ability to choose an affiliate member, make sure you have someone who will be able to coach and um, counsel you uh, effectively and appropriately. I chose mine because she was a colleague and a mentor in a lot of ways. And um, I knew she would tell me the truth. She wouldn't tell me things that I wanted to hear. She told me things that I needed to hear. There were times when she absolutely said, hey, get your stuff together. 
you know, to clean it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you got to push through, you, you, you know, you're getting soft on me, you know, all those kind of things. So, um, so I appreciate it. I appreciated that, that candor. Right. Right. Any plans uh, going forward and, in, in, or was this just an opportunity for you to, to complete, uh, you know, your doctorate or we, what's the plan moving uh, forward? I'm, I'm pushing to go to that next level professionally. Um, looking at some other opportunities that this has, uh, opened up for me in terms of being able to do some adjunct work. I'm um, looking at some um, other um, promotional opportunities in terms of um, speaking and presenting at some different conferences. I was recently hooked up with an agent who um, aligns speakers in the field of education to do various presentations. So um, he's working on some things for me and um, hopefully, you know, our group can get together and then do a collaborate, uh, collaborative project uh, ourselves. So, um, so now it's it definitely doesn't stop. I, I really think, and someone mentioned this to me, um, when you get your doctorate, that's not the end. It's actually kind of the beginning of a lot more to come. So, um, and I and I see that. So, uh, definitely, definitely, there's more to come. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Johnson, definitely appreciate you for being on last minute. Um, hopefully that, you know, you and your family are sa staying safe down there and you continue to do the great work that you're, you're doing because um, you're inspiring to the next generation, too, because you got little ones that are looking up to you um, and then their friends and everybody else. So, you know, your, your work is definitely going to uh, expand beyond what you believe uh, can happen at this particular point. Absolutely. Thank you. And same, same to you. Uh, you're doing great work down there in Jersey and uh, I'm sure you're you've touched already so many young people and uh, still more, many more to come. Mm -hmm. Thank you, sir. Freeman, last words for Dr. Johnson. Uh, Dr. Johnson, you're going to do more observation and more research. Um, I would love to be able to partner with you and go down to the CIAA just for that entire week to make sure you get accurate data because, you know, your research is only as good as your data, you know, and That's I'll good. be down there, you know, and just let me know and I can ask and survey as many people as you like. Oh yeah, yeah. I I got a handful of friends that that travel to CIAA religiously, so uh, I'm sure that you'll see me down there at some point. <laughs> and, uh, Thank you for your time, sir. Doing work. Uh, yeah, yes. For, for the, data for collection, important. It's, like, it's like the census almost. It's data collection. You gotta get that data. Absolutely, absolutely. Appreciate you, but um, so. Appreciate you guys having me on. All right. All right. I'll, I'll see you, sir. All right. Have a good one. So, uh, Kareem, what do you think about this, the, the podcast and what happened just now? No, I think uh, Dr. Johnson, he provided a lot of insight um, into the process of going through that dissertation. And, like, even when I think about me or rather not if I want to do it, the, the main obstacle is really being committed and mm -hmm. saying, that, okay, this is what I want to do. I, I really don't like school. And it seems to interfere with the NFL season. Like someday you got a choice between writing a paper or watching Red Zone. I, I like to be able to sit back and watch six or seven hours of Red Zone. I don't want to be in front of a new computer. Let alone somebody critiquing your work saying that no, you need to rewrite it and here's the deadline. No, I don't even like the program I'm in now. Yeah, I you wouldn't think I'm a student because I haven't been online all week. You wouldn't think I'm a student right now at Rome at all. Uh, that is too funny. Yeah, for me, I'm at the point now. It's done. It's like, all right, now what do I do with it? Now it's the challenge. Mm -hmm. What do you do with you know the 
you got the doctorate now. Um, mm -hmm. It was initially so that my girls could see that it is possible to, to finish it. And just like mm -hmm. Dr. Johnson, I was I am the only one in the family that has it. So that was that mm -hmm. motivation as well. Um, and know that I beat my brothers too. So that was also, you know, motivating <laughs> me being petty fat uh, in that. So uh, speaking, of, speaking of your brother, what is he doing now that he can't travel over to his office? Well, he, he I, still here? I got a message from him the other day. Matter of fact, I think it was Wednesday. And he said, I have to try to close a billion dollars uh, worth of deals by Friday. And he said, the hardest part is I have to do it from home. So I was like, yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's why they pay you what they pay. Uh, we need to get him back on because if yeah. he got a billion dollars to spend, I only need a couple million. He, he got plenty of zeros left. Just give me a couple million. I'm going to buy a Bentley. That's all. I'm going to show up in the parking lot one day in a Bentley. <laughs> that is too funny. That's too funny. Um, so just to wrap this one up, again, th those of you interested in the dissertation process, even beyond that, um, it, anything's possible. You put your mind to it. Surround yourself with the right people. Anything's mm -hmm. possible um, for you to do that. Um, you know, again, we all have a gift, and I think we're all made brilliantly. And I think one of the mm -hmm. things that you talked about was everyone, we're not necessarily meant to work for somebody else. Mm -hmm. um, and when you're going through that dissertation, you're not working really for somebody else. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is a, a true test of uh, you being able to to do you know, anything that you put your mind to. Um, and then mm -hmm. if you go through that process, I mean, I, you kind of feel like the sky's the limit. I um, mean, mm -hmm. some of those things that you've learned during that process and apply it to other areas. Um, mm -hmm. So again, I can't uh, stress enough you know, take the time now to, to do your self-assessments and reassess yourself right now and start creating that plan for, you know, once things get back to normal. And, um, uh, you know, I, I try to live my life without any regrets going past this particular situation. I'm, I'm almost ready to, to go full throttle and see, see what happens in the next year or two uh, with the Empowerment Perspective Group. Yeah, but the one thing I want to change is, because we can change, and I, said, I know I said it yesterday, is things getting back to, to normal. How about we, we start pushing the new normal? Mm. Because what we're looking for is for people to have new mindsets. And even though we've been through this this pandemic and we're going to come through it, it's going to be a new normal. So there are going to be plenty of opportunities for people to start their own businesses and they need to start looking at things from a new mindset because everything is not bad. Everything is so good that mm. comes out of things. That is absolutely true. Um, again, I want to thank Dr. Johnson for hopping on um, the last minute. Again, mm -hmm. it's a new platform from us. So we, you know, working out the kinks, but I think we got something going on here that you're going to see from the Empowerment Perspective Group. Makes us a little bit more mobile. Because I don't have to carry around all that equipment anymore. We could just go ahead and, and rock out this way. So, um, and how about this? How about I haven't been late yet? How about that? How about that? <laughs> that is impressive. That is impressive. I, I've been on time. That I is haven't been late yet. <laughs> awesome. So on behalf of the Empowerment Perspective, um, again, the website will be back up soon, the EmpowermentPerspective.com. Follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. We're all over the place. Um, and we're going to, uh, you know, once the, the the new normal pops back out, we're going to definitely be hitting the, the pavement and, and grinding again. So until next time, as always, stay empowered.